Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Well, welcome once again. For those who don't know, I am Jeremiah Land. I kind of hang out here every once in a while. Pastor Eric and Heather are out of town. Uh, they are at Marble Falls. They are helping. Uh, they are celebrating and preaching uh, Pastor Roxanne's church. They're celebrating their anniversary. I don't know what anniversary, but it's an anniversary, so they're celebrating. So Pastor Eric and Heather are there. Um, they are rocking it out and having fun, um, but do not feel bad because we're about to have some fun as well. So let's jump into this sermon today and have some fun. Father God, I thank you that you are a good God. You're an ever-present help in time of need. I thank you that you're speaking through me today to each and every person here, that your voice is resonating and resounding in each and everybody's spirits today. I thank you that we are all open and available to hear you, experience you, be touched by you in any way today, Father. I thank you that it's not by my might, it's not by my power, but it's by your spirit, and that where two or more are gathered in your midst, in your name, here you are, and we welcome you here to have your way. Father, I thank you for this word that you've placed inside of me. That is a strong word that will help and encourage each and every one of us today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Tis but thy name that is my enemy. Thou art thyself. Though not a Montague, what's Montague? Is it nor hand, nor foot, nor arm, nor face, nor any other part belonging to a man? Oh, be some other name. What? is in a name. That which we call a rose by any other word would smell as sweet. You ought to know this Cajun boy knew some literature, huh? I googled it and I put it in my notes, but I knew it. And I know you're in the back judging me thinking, well, that's William Shakespeare. Everybody knows that guy. And then that's Romeo and Juliet. Everybody knows that play. And then that's Acts... Act 2, scene 2, everybody knows that one. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, O Romeo? Cut me a break, guys. I mean, took me forever to Google this and find this, but I found it. What's in a name? As we know with Romeo and Juliet that they're in love with each other, but their families hate each other, and it's just drama, drama, drama. And, uh, but she asked the question, what is in a name. But being from Louisiana, let me go ahead and return to my roots. So there's a teacher that's teaching to her class. She sees Trahan on the left side of the room and she says, Trahan, tell me what's three times three. Trahan starts thinking and he says, 347. She said, all right, all right, Trahan, let's go over here. So she comes over to the other side of the classroom and she sees Boudreaux over here, and she says, Boudreaux, Trahan says three times three is 347. What do you say three times three is? Boy, Boudreaux gets to moving them fingers. Everybody in Louisiana doesn't have shoes, so he's counting on his toes, and he said, okay, I think I figured it out. She said, what's three times three, Boudreaux? He said, Tuesday. She said, all right. Um, okay, so then he walks to the middle of the class, and, and she, he sees Thibodeau, in the back of the class, digging in his nose. She said, well, let's try with him. She said, Thibodeau, what is three times three? Trahan over here says 347. Boudreau said Tuesday. What do you say three times three is? He sits there, and he's just quiet. He's just 
really racking his brain, and he goes, three times three is nine. He kind of pumps up his chest, and he goes, how'd you come up with three times three equals nine? He said, well, I subtracted 347 from Tuesday, and I got nine. <laughs> and that's common core Louisiana math. Thank you. That's why I had to Google literature stuff. What is in a name? We were all born with a name. My name is Jeremiah Paul Land. That is my name. Every one of us here was born with a name. When we came out the womb, your mom and dad said, you know what, they look like a this or they look like a that. But you didn't get the opportunity to name yourself. Now, later on in life, when you get married or when you grow up and say, well, I don't want to be that anymore, you can change your name. But you weren't afforded the opportunity to introduce yourself to humanity as my name is this. Got picked for you. My name, Jeremiah Paul Land. I'm going to be honest, I didn't know what my name meant. You know, my mom and dad had probably told me in the past. It's real biblical, really, you know, real about Jesus. And so I figured I'd Google my name as well to find out what it meant. 5% 5% battery. Come on, Jesus. Um, Jeremiah, we're preaching fast, guys. Here we go. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Jeremiah means whom Jehovah has appointed. You're welcome. Exaltation of the Lord. You're welcome. Strong, strong first name. Thanks, Mom. So then we get to Paul. So I look and see what Paul means. Paul, not so great. Paul means small or little. So, you know, you can call me Hulk or, no, no, it's not. So I didn't like that translation, so I started Googling Paul some more. I said, man, there's got to be like a Greek or like a German or something. And so I came across another term of what Paul means, and it means humble. I said, yeah, that's, that's me. A little humble, just a, just a little humble. And then lastly, my name is Land. How generic and white is that? And we couldn't think of anything else. What are you standing on, Land? All right, that's cool. Let's go with that. So I went to Ancestry.com and typed in, what does the last name Land means? And I got all this information up until they asked me for my credit card. I called Heather and said, can I borrow the church card? It's vital. She didn't give it to me. So this is what I got. It means an open glade in a forest. Who would have guessed? A large, uncultivated area. Wow. That's me. Large, uncultivated area. I'm so glad that, like, we didn't have a, a bunch of, like, bad stuff. You know, like, we were just like, hey, what, what are we good at? We have a bunch of stuff. Our last name will be Stuff. Jeremiah Paul Stuff. That'd be cool. What do you have? Well, I got a bunch of things. Awesome. Let's go with things as our last name. Thankfully, they were semi-smart enough to think, well, we got a bunch of land. Let's go with that as our last name. So that is my name. What is in my name? Jeremiah Paul Land. The exaltation of the Lord. Just a little humble. But praise God, me and my family have a lot of land. What is in a name? The scripture that we're going to be diving in today is Malachi 1.11, where God explains his name and why we need to recognize how great his name is. And we see in Malachi 1.11, it says, for from the rising of the sun 
even to its going down. My name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place, incense shall be offered to my name, and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. The Holman edition says, For my name shall be great among the nations of the Gentiles, from the rising of the sun to the setting. Wherever there's incense and offering presented in that place, my name shall be great, says Yahweh. I wish I could say that. My name is Jeremiah Paul Land, and it shall be great among the nations. It's not even great in my house. Nope. <laughs> Guess not. Whoops. <laughs> no love over there. For my name shall be great among the nations. We see in the Old Testament that God reveals himself and presents himself to humanity in so many different ways. That he, he stands up and says, this is my name. Unlike you when you were born, you were given a name. You weren't able to say, hey, my name is this, this, and this. So we see in Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. And that name, God, means Elohim, or God. So he reveals himself at the very beginning as God. I am God. And we see throughout the Old Testament that he continually reveals himself with different names. Let me just list off a few. In Genesis 1, it's Elohim, or God. Genesis 2, it's Yahweh, the Lord Jehovah. Genesis 15 is Adonai, Lord or Master. Genesis 17, it's El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. Genesis 22, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Exodus 15, the Lord that healeth thee, Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is our banner. Jehovah Rosh, the Lord is my shepherd. And in Jeremiah 23, Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord is righteousness. And that's not even all the names that are listed in there. Now we see all these names listed in Genesis and we think, you know, it's every 30 minutes he's just like popping in the scene saying, hey, it's me, got a new name. But this is generation after generation that he decides, oh, hey, it's me. Remember what I was? I'm all that, but I'm also this now. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. And he says, for my name shall be great among the nations, among the Gentiles. And we see all throughout the Old Testament that he reveals himself for what he needs to present himself to at that moment. He says, I am God. I'm your master. I'm your Lord. I'm your healer. I'm your provider. I'm your shepherd. I am. And he just presents his names. Now, his name was great no matter what was happening in Israel. You see, when we read Malachi, it's not that good of a book. It's not really encouraging. God's not, he's, he's kind of frustrated with the Israelites at that moment. This is one of the more positive scriptures. We kind of read further down in Malachi 3, he talks about, will a man rob God, yet you rob me. He's, just, he's not real happy about things. But he makes this declaration that no matter what's going on in the natural, my name is still great. And it will be great throughout the nations. Because God did great things in the Old Testament, and sometimes we need to recognize and remember what He did for us. 
Because he stood on the edge of eternity and he said, light be and light was. He stood on the edge of eternity and started creating things that never were created before. And he said who he was. And he revealed himself to his people. He didn't sit up high and mighty on his throne and say, Adam, go do whatever you want to do and don't screw up. It says that in the cool of the day, he would come down and fellowship with Adam. Hey, how's it going? How's that dog you, you named the other day? How's that T-Rex treating you? It says that my name will be great and mighty among the nations. We see that he continually shows himself mighty. He delivers them out of Egypt. He causes the Red Sea to split, and it's not just muddy where they're all getting stuck and falling. He causes it to be dry, and he moves the fish out of the way. We see him showing up time and time and time again, that he's mighty and he shows up. He's great. There's a famous movie that has a quote. It says he helped Joshua defeat and knock down the wall of Jericho. He helped Daniel shut up the lion's den, and he helped Gilligan get off that island. That's my great God that I serve. He can save Gilligan from the island. He can save you from whatever issues you're going through. And he reveals himself in all these different names, and so every time he says, hey, I'm all this, now add this. Hey, I'm all this, now add this. But at the end of Malachi, he just quits talking. It's like he takes his toys and he goes home. And he didn't talk to anybody for 400 years. And then all of a sudden, these angels start showing up. And they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. There is a man child that was born today. And his name is Jesus. A new name has been presented. A new name has been made great. A new name has been brought on the scene of the great God. And we see Jesus as he grows up that he presents another name that no one else has experienced before because he starts calling God Father. And he brings a brand new name up and he says his name is Father. Everybody says, no, his name's not Father. He's revealed himself all these different ways, but he, he never said, Father? What are you talking about? And there's creates this great uproar. He says, I do nothing unless I see the Father or the Father tells me. So, if that's what he does, and he's watching what the Father does, let's see what Jesus does. Because if what the Father, it's in the Father's heart, then that's what Jesus is going to do. And when I read the Gospels, I don't see Jesus with a sword stabbing and killing everyone. I, I don't see Jesus getting up on the mountain and saying, look at all these sinners. I hate you, and you really hate you, hate you, you're okay but I really hate you. We see Jesus healing everyone he comes in contact with. We see Jesus casting out every demon he encounters. We see Jesus raising dead. He walks into a funeral and it turns into a party. He is showing us what the Father wants to do. And if he said it all the way in the Old Covenant, that he is the healer, he is the provider, he is the shepherd, he is the righteousness, then I know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus himself is showing us that that's what he wants us to do. And if he did it in the Old Testament, and Jesus did it himself, God is not a man that he should lie. 
So if he wanted to heal them back then, then he wants to heal me right now, in this moment. We see Jesus going and dying on the cross, coming back from the grave and going up into heaven. And we see in Philippians 2 how it talks about God promoting Jesus, God giving Jesus a name that says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name which is above every name, above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and at every tongue acknowledges that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So it's like this. God says, all throughout history and through different generations, He says, I'm Elohim. I'm El Shaddai. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm this. I'm that. He says, you know what, Gentiles and everyone else in the world, I'm going to make this real simple. Everything that I said I was, I'm going to wrap it all up and put it in my son Jesus. And it says that at that name, every knee must bow, at every tongue must confess. His name is great among the nations and the Gentiles because he put it in his son and said, everything that I've been in the past, I am that and more in my son. And when you call upon that name, that great name, things change, things happen. It says in Joel, it's repeated in Acts, it's repeated in Romans, it says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He doesn't define the salvation. If you need saving and you're a whoever, then you can call upon the name and he saves. There's not a checklist that the angels are walking around with and said, oh, somebody called for Jesus. Uh, what's he asking for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What'd he do? Okay. Mm. No. He got like three out of the four X's. We, we'll, we'll try next week. Jesus just throws it out there. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He stands up when he, gets, when he comes on earth. He says, my mission and my goal in life is to seek and save that which is lost. So if there's any loss happening in your life, he is here on the scene ready to seek and save that loss and recoup. Because his name is great. He said that. And it's time that you and your life fell into line to recognize that past, present, and future, his name is great. We see when John in Revelation gets pulled up into heaven and he's standing there in eternity And he says, I see someone coming toward me that resembles the Son of Man. In Revelation 1, 17 and 18, he says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. It says in Numbers 23, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it, shall he not do it? If he said it and he presented himself in the old covenant to the children of Israel and said, I am your healer, I am your shepherd, I am your provider, he is not a man that should lie because he packaged all of that up and he put it in Jesus. And he says, if you call upon the name of that Lord, you shall be saved. Because his name is great. He said it. And it's time that you recognize it. That His name is great. And it will be broadcast throughout the nations 
and the Gentiles. The second thing that we see in this scripture, it says in Malachi 1.11, from the rising of the sun to the setting. From the rising of the sun to the setting. We see in Genesis, the very beginning of creation, 1, 16 through 18, and God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, which is the sun. I googled it, that's what it said. We're learning, guys, we're learning. And the lesser light to rule, it's the moon, in case you didn't know. He made the stars also, and God set them in the firmament. God, messed up that word in first service. Firmament of the heavens to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. So we see that God created the sunrise and God created the sunset. And he's saying, when the sun rises, my name is great. And when the sun sets, my name is great. And anywhere in between that, my name is great. So anything that happens throughout that day, from the sun rising to the sun setting, his name is great, and it's greater than anything that's happening during that day. And so we need to recognize that his name is great in our daily activities. That no matter what frustration is happening with our life, a bad doctor report, getting another bill, struggling or trying to figure something out with your finances or your family. It doesn't matter because if the sun's rising and the sun's setting, his name is great. And everything that his name includes means that I can access it and tap into it. Because let's be honest, sometimes, oh, Jesus. See you later. Oh, here we go. Real good wife. What a blessing. All right, here we go. Speaking of relationships, let's go down this path again. So Boudreaux and Boudreaux Jr. went to the city. They finally made it to the big city, and Boudreaux showing Boudreaux Jr. all the big skyscrapers. Look at them over there. Look how big they are. And so they come across this skyscraper, and they have big glass windows, and he sees this door on the side of the wall inside the building. And he says, Daddy, what is that? He said, well, let's go in and see what it looks like. So they walk in there, and this door opens up, and it just goes into this really small room, and then it closes. So they're standing there, and there's this older lady. It's there, and the door opens. She walks in, and Boudreaux Jr. is watching, and all these numbers start moving, and then they start going back down, and the door's open, and all of a sudden, there's this really young, attractive 20-year-old that walks out. And Boudreaux Jr. looks at his dad and says, Dad, what type of magic is this? He said, Son, I don't know, but me and your mother are coming back here next weekend. <laughs> it's Boudreaux. That's not me. Keep him alone. Sometimes during the day, frustrations can happen with our relationships, with our job, with our family, with our kids, with just day-to-day life. But if we've already recognized that his name is great, past, present, and future, and we recognize that he is the creator of making the sun rise and making the sun set, 
then we must know and believe that He is a great God that will show up in the middle of that day and change the atmosphere of the situation. That His miracles can show up. That His hand is not short enough to where He says, well, I'm almost there. Maybe I can get there. Maybe. No. He is willing and ready to seek and save everyone that is lost. He is on the scene because His name is great among the nations. From the rising of the sun to the setting... Real close for this. It says in 1 Peter 5, 7, Cast all your cares, for He cares for you. It says in Psalms 55, 22, Cast thy burdens upon the Lord, and He shall sustain them. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Cast your cares upon Him, because He cares for you. So if He cares for you, then He must have a solution for you. He's not a man like us sometimes when we're in the store and we see someone and we say, you hear their story? Well, if you need anything, let me know. And then you just walk off and think, whew, didn't have to give him my number, so, but did my good deed for the day. You send a text, call me if you need anything, and then they call. Oh, man, don't they know that's like just a polite thing? This is not a polite thing that Jesus is doing for you. He's not saying, hey, cast your cares upon me. I care for you. Oh, my God, he threw his cares on me. What is he doing? That is so big. He is so dirty. I can't believe he brought that to me. If he said it, then he meant it. And if his name is great, and he's your shepherd, and he's your righteousness, and he's your peace, and he's your Lord, and he's your master, if he's any of that, then you can willingly cast your cares upon him. Because his name is great and he says, give him here. I'll carry the load. I took stripes on my back. I took thorns on my head. I spent time in hell. I died. I did it all for you. Not so you could cross your fingers and hope and pray that Maybe this random pie in the sky God cares about me. He says he cares for you in your situation right now. We see in Mark 9, and John answered him saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in your name, and he followeth us not. And we forbade him. Forbade him? That's so strong. We forbade him because he followed us not. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man who shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me, for he that is not against us is for us. It says in John 4, 14, 13, and 14, And whatsoever you do, or whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If he's not a man that he should lie, he shouldn't have thrown that blanket statement out there. He shouldn't have presented himself with all of those great names if he wasn't going to do that. But I have a good God, and you have a good God, and he's got a great name that is ready and willing to show up in your life. And the last thing we see in Malachi 1.11, from the rising of the sun to the setting, my name shall be great among the Gentiles.
Incense and pure offering will be presented in my name in every place because my name will be great among the nations. We've recognized that his name is great, past, present, and future. He is a good God, and he's done good things. He's done good things in your life. You can pick up this book, and you can read story after story after story of him showing up. You can read and talk about people throughout the church and hear great, amazing miracles. You can talk to people on your left and on your right and hear great stories about God showing up in this church, in this community. God is a great God with a great name that is invested in helping His people. And then we have to realize and recognize that He has a great name in our day-to-day events. And the last thing we need to understand and recognize is that He has a great name in wherever we pray, worship, and give. That whenever we pray, worship, and give, we are declaring the greatness of His name. It says in Hebrews 7, 8, Here, mortal men receives tithes. That'd be me, and Pastor Brandon, Pastor Eric, whoever does offering up here. But there, He, there being heaven, He being Jesus, receives them, of whom it is witnessed that He lives. You're not just throwing money in a bucket. You're making a declaration to everyone in your friends, family, anyone that ever knows that you give, that you are declaring that that man who died on the cross is no longer in a tomb, but he is alive and well, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And if he is alive, that means he paid the penalty. And if he paid the penalty, that means I don't have to suffer anymore. And that means if I don't have to suffer anymore, I can walk in victory everywhere that I go because his name is great, past, present, and future, from the sun rising to the sun setting, and everything that I deal with. I remind myself that His name is great and He's the one that's bringing me to places I've never been before. His name is great when you give. You are declaring that God is great over your finances. He will provide. We see in Psalms 89, 9-10, all the nations you have made will come and worship before you. Lord, they will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Psalms 141.2 Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. We see that the incense that he's talking about, we let Scripture interpret Scripture, that the incense is our prayers. That when we magnify the name of Jesus in our prayers and we get Him involved, our situation changes. We see in Revelation 8.4, and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose up before God from the hand of the angel. Our incense, our praise, our worship, what we're offering up to Him is incense in His nostrils. And isn't it something on Thanksgiving dinner when you walk into that house and your grandma or your mother or your aunt or whoever is cooking that food All of a sudden, you just want to serve them. Hey, what can I get you? smells good in here. Get you something to drink. Can uh, maybe give you a little back massage. You've been lifting that turkey all day. Can I fluff your pillow? Just go have a seat. Go have a seat. Because when you smell the work and the blessings of what somebody's been doing, it makes you even want to love them even more. I can't wait to go home for Thanksgiving and smell my mom's cooking because it makes me love her even more. Mm. Glory be. Love that turkey. I know, it's time to go. You are hungry. The incense of praise is coming up to him. 
when he smells that, what can I do for my people? Oh, what can I do for them? Puts him in a good mood, ready to open his hand and serve. Whenever I was preparing for this, I had music playing in the background as I was praying and, and trying to get ready for the sermon. And um, It is well by Bethel came on, and there's a phrase that stuck out to me. And it says, the waves and wind still know his name. The waves and the wind still know his name. When I heard that, this verse triggered off inside me. and I just started researching and praying it over. That we need to remember how great of a name and how great of a God we serve. He said his name's going to be great. So it doesn't matter what's going on in your realm or the earthly realm or the political realm. It doesn't matter because his name's going to be great and it will be declared among the nations. I had the thought that Jesus standing up on the boat as the wind and the waves thrashed about, and he said, peace be still. That the water that's in there right now still recognizes his voice. That when he made the declaration to humanity that I am Elohim, I am God, I am Jehovah Rapha, I am your shepherd, I am your righteousness, when he says, All of that combined, I am Jesus, and call upon that name and you shall be saved. When he made that declaration, it's still resounding from place to place, from ear to ear. The waves and the wind still know his name, and if they know his name, then that means we can speak to anything around us, and the atmosphere must change. The situation must change, because it says, as he is, so are we. So if he declares his name and things happen, then we can declare the same name and watch the miracles happen. It says in James 1, 17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, with whom there is no charge or shifting shadow. The old hymn, I need thee, I need thee every hour, every hour I need thee. And I want to encourage you today to recognize His name is great in your life. It's always been great. Whether you believe it or not, it always will be great. doesn't matter who's in government office. doesn't matter what job you're doing. doesn't matter anything. His name is great, and it will always meet the need. And it's time for us to recognize that through our daily habits, when that sun rises, doesn't matter what's thrown at me, His name's great. And I'm going to operate in that great name. And then when I lay down at night, I'm not going to worry anymore about what's going to happen tomorrow. How am I going to pay this? How am I going to find a new job? How am I going to find a new car? How am I going to raise my kids? How am I going to get healed? How am I going to be made whole? I'm going to lay down in peace and sleep because his name is great. And then in our everyday lives, it's not just trying to do good. I just need to read my Bible, I just need to pray, I just need to give, I just need to go to church, recognizing that everything you do is bringing glory to God. That you're throwing not just money in a bucket, but you're making a declaration that His name is great in my finances. That you're raising your hands in victory and worshiping at church and with your friends and family because His name is great and He saved you. That you're on your knees at your house and you're praying and you're offering up this incense to him. And as he's smelling it, you're reminding him, you said your name is great. This situation is 
annoying. This situation is frustrating. This situation really stinks, but you said your name was great. You told me that was your name, and it's time for you to show up in this time. Let's recognize and enjoy His great name in our lives because we have complete access to it. So that you can walk boldly into His throne room and obtain everything that you need. Father God, I thank You. Your name is great. I thank You that You've allowed us the opportunity to speak Your great name. And at your name, things change. That you said that at Jesus' name, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. You said that, Lord. And there are situations in each and every one of our lives, to be quite frankly, that situation's not bowing its knee. That situation's not declaring that you're Lord. But we stand on the truth that your name is great among the nations. That as long as the sun keeps rising because you created it, and as long as the sun keeps setting it because you created it, that we will declare the truth of the great name of our Father. That you are more than enough. Your hand is not short. You're not worried about tomorrow. And as we continue throughout our lives, Father. I thank you for this reminder that your name is great, and it's greater than any issue, circumstance, frustration in our lives. I ask you, Father, to remind us on a daily basis that you're our provider in every aspect. That you're our Father. That you care about us. That you give us good gifts. That you take us under your wing and you provide. I ask you to be with each and every person here. You know where they're at in their heart. You know where they're at in their lives. You know what's going on. God, I ask you to show up in a great way in those circumstances that they've almost given up on, that they've lifted their hands from and say, I'm done with it. I can't, I can't handle it anymore. I don't know the answer. I don't know the resolution. I don't know how this situation is going to change. But we know today that it's your great name that will change the situation. It's your great name that will show up and do miracles. It's your great name that we will call out to. It is your great name that we will declare from the mountaintops when the miracle has arrived and say, it wasn't me, it was completely you. And I thank you for these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.